You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to Rico Bronia. I am going to talk in a very... I guess like a, a pace and a volume that is limited because I'm trying to record this in a house as opposed to outside on the deck like we did the drunk Rico. And there are people in our house and they are sleeping and they probably don't want to hear about James McCann destroying the Mets over the weekend or the Mets winning two out of three against the Chicago Cubs. So I'm going to try to talk in a very not that excitable way. Do I sound very different right now, Pete? Do I sound like a calmer version of Evan? You are very calm right now, but I mean, for the audience that's not seeing you right now personally, um, just just imagine Evan's beautiful white teeth on the screen, because that's all I see right now. It's outrageous. (laughs) Well, what I realized is I bought this beautiful microphone for whenever we'd record the Rico on location, and it just kind of hit me and Pete that the microphone doesn't work, that literally any recording is just coming through my phone or my iPad. So I said to Pete, you know what I'll do? I'll hold the phone right up to my mouth so it'll be like a, a stronger microphone. And so his view is my beautiful teeth. Have, about, have I been brushing lately? Can you tell? You look great. You look like, you know what? Not, not for nothing. And this is very relevant for today. You kind of look like Mike Francesa. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I, I will say, watching these three games, and I was able to watch every pitch. I scored all three games. This was like the perfect end to each day of my vacation because I'm spending the afternoon and the morning by the pool at the beach, chasing my sons around, played a little bit of mini golf, like doing a ton of really nice family vacation stuff. And then when we walk inside, it's a tiring, tiring day after a long day of just lounging by the pool and jumping in the Atlantic Ocean. I sit down and I watch the Met game. And my wife knows it. She's like, you know what's great for you to unwind by watching meaningless Major League Baseball. And so I have sat down and watched all three games, Mets, Cubs. And as much as we talked last time that they're better off losing, and as much as the wins don't matter, especially considering the expectations we had coming into this season. I do find myself sitting there for two and a half hours, or in the case of the finale of this series, three hours, rooting very passionately for this team to win. Like, where they are in the standings, where they are after these trades, has not, I guess, affected the will I have as a fan to sit there and hope they win games. Now, I'm not cracking the wild card standings, even though they are sort of hanging in there at six games back in the loss column, but who's counting? I'm not analyzing how the Marlins are doing or the Reds or the Diamondbacks. I'm not scoreboard watching like I normally would, but I did sit here for these three games, and when Pete Alonso's going yard, I'm excited. 
you know, I, I think it's very difficult, at least for me. I'm not saying every Met fan is like this right now, because I think a lot of Met fans have checked out over the last few days and maybe haven't even paid attention to these games. But it is very difficult to turn off that thing in our brain that wants our teams to win. Uh, you just can't flip that off. As far as these games are concerned, we were obviously greeted by the news of Brett Beatty being sent down to AAA, which I was very mixed about because we are, as fans, selfish. And what I mean by that is we don't want to watch Danny Mendick. We don't want to watch Jonathan Aruz. We want to watch guys that we think are going to be a big part of the future. It's a part of why we've been screaming even louder for Ronnie Mauricio to come up. It may not even be as much that he's clearly ready. It's more for us as fans. We'd rather watch him play baseball than guys who are clearly not going to be on the roster next year. So when they made the announcement of Beatty going down, I was hit with that same conundrum. Obviously, despite his struggles, we would all rather watch Brett Beatty try to learn and play third base every single day than see more at-bats for guys who have no chance to be on the roster next year. That's obvious. I think we all feel the exact same way. But then you got to take a step back and ask yourself, well, what's better for the player? What's better for his development? And I, I, I'd admit, I don't know. Like, is Brett Beatty better off being a AAA where he can relax, where he can get back to the things that made him play as well as he was playing for the few weeks he was in AAA? Like, does that help him? Potentially. I don't know. But I think our first reaction when we see he's optioned is that selfish take that we all have of, I want to see him play. And I don't want to see that guy play. So I was very mixed about the news because there's no denying the fact that Brett Beatty's been bad for a few months. Like, I don't think any of us can argue against that. He's gone backwards offensively. His defense has been shaky. And so is he better off being a triple A where presumably he's going to play every day, even though we haven't seen that yet, because I keep checking the Syracuse Mets box scores and he's not, he hasn't played. Like since the Mets have optioned him down now, minor league baseball doesn't play on Mondays. They play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, He did not play Tuesday. He did not play Wednesday. So does he need a couple of days to kind of get his head straight because he's disappointed for being sent down? Maybe, I don't know. But eventually he's going to play. And the hope is he's just going to tear it up again. And the Mets can then bring him back to the major league level. And then he'll tear it up up here. So I don't know how you felt, Pete. But I was very mixed about that news that we were greeted to start this series that Beatty was going to go to AAA. Yeah, I think it was upset because, again, I I just really want them to play the young kids as much as possible. So the fact is that the roster, like you said, we're, we're selfish. We're selfish. I don't need to see guys that are not, not going to be part of this team for the near future. So I, I just want to see Beatty figure it out. Now, I am a little concerned that he said, you know, it, I need a break because I think he said like the, the pressure of New York, the pressure of every mistake was kind of getting to him a little bit. I'm not sure if that's the exact quote, but something like that. And it's it's weird because you see what happened in Philadelphia with Trey Turner and everyone kind of like supporting him. It's like, do we have to be – catering to all these players now no i no i I don't think so i and you know what's weird about that because buck said he needs a mental break you would think playing for this team in this moment the pressure sort of is off i mean there is no expectation for the mess to win 
And, you know, and Brett Beatty is certainly not going to be a target of vitriol from Met fans. He's not going to get booed at the ballpark. I mean, guys are going to get booed, but Adam Onovino is going to get booed. You know, when Adam Onovino faces three batters and they all get on base and he's in a save situation, he's the guy who's going to get booed off the mound. So if anything, you would think this time of year with where they are in the standings, with the trades that they made, the pressure in a weird way will be off. With that said, I don't know. Is there a benefit to going down a AAA where there's, you know, you go from less pressure with the major league team to people forgetting you exist down in Syracuse. You know, there's 3,500 people at each game. You're not being bombarded with questions after every single game. Can that help you? Look, we've seen it happen with guys. I know that Michael Conforto's Met career hasn't maybe turned out the way we all had hoped, but he had a stint in the minor leagues. Um, we have seen prospects get resent down uh, to to, to reset things and then come back and perform. I think where it leaves the Mets in a tough spot and certainly leaves us as fans in a tough spot is we're hoping to get answers from the final two months of the season so that we can go into the offseason and we can go into next year with kind of a confidence of, okay, this guy's the third baseman, this guy's this role, this guy's that role. And it's going to be very difficult for Brett Beatty to go into spring training next year with any set role. I, mean, I, I don't know if there's anything he can do at AAA and then coming back to the major leagues, hopefully in the next two months, that's going to make any of us say, yeah, he should be the third baseman. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, he's certainly going to be in the mix next year for at-bats. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I, I think that this demotion kind of eliminates that chance that we're going to walk away from this season saying, okay, one thing I feel really good about is Brett Beatty's the third baseman. It does create kind of an opportunity for Mark Vientos. Vientos was going to get at-bats no matter what. Buck made that clear after the trades. But he's going to get at-bats playing third base. And even though the early returns on Vientos defensively are lousy, like even in the finale of this series, he made kind of a nifty play, but then bounced the throw to Pete Alonso, and Pete had to scoop it up. He doesn't look like Brooks Robinson at third base. I, I don't know if I see a world where Mark Vientos is the third baseman of the future for the New York Mets, but I guess if you're looking for any positive, he's going to get a chance to play over there. The first game, though, on Monday night, after the news of Beatty, we were treated to Danny Mendick playing third base. And even though Mendick hit that three-run homer in the seventh inning after the game was well out of reach, I, we're not clamoring to see Mendick. The other thing to keep in mind before we get into these games is that Ronnie Mauricio is going to play third base at AAA. So Beatty, once he does start playing, is he the designated hitter? Do they stick him back in the outfield? Which, if here, here's the, the key to this. If they're looking at Ronnie Mauricio and saying, hey, he can't play the outfield, okay, we we took a look at him out there. We gave him a few weeks, even though he probably should have been playing the outfield since last year, for all being honest. I mean, the Mets kind of missed the boat on that. They should have been flipping Mauricio all over the diamond two years ago. Why they waited until this year is just beyond. But if they look at Mauricio and say he can't play the outfield, his future with this team is as what? a second baseman, a third baseman, a backup for Lindor at shortstop, a DH. 
but they're going to play him at third base now in AAA, which leads me to believe they're viewing Mauricio more as the future third baseman than Brett Beatty. That doesn't mean Brett Beatty is a lost cause. It just means Brett Beatty's position may not be third base. It may be left field because the Mets are clearly, you know, depending on how quick it takes for some of the kids they got back in these trades to come up. Like, where's Acuna's future position? Where, Drew Gilbert's going to be in the major league level. When is that? Two years from now? Is it next year? But Beatty's best role may be left field, or it just may be DH. Because think about who's been playing DH for the last two years. We've seen a, a hefty dose of Daniel Vogel back. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting over the next few weeks is to keep an eye on where Beatty plays down at AAA how he plays offensively, and then obviously Mauricio's readjustment to third base. That's why if you have the MLB package, um, maybe it pays to watch a lot of Syracuse Mets and Binghamton uh, show ponies, or whatever the hell they're called now, uh, more so than the Mets. As far as these games are concerned, Monday night was the Pete Alonso show, which was very nice to see. Pete has awoken over the last three weeks. He hits the three-run home run in the first inning, he hits the two-run home run in the third inning. Um, he looks like Pete Alonso, and he continued that throughout this series. I mean, think about it. He hits two home runs in game one. He hits another home run, really the only Met offense they had in game two. He hits the bomb of a two-run home run that tied the game up in the fourth inning of game three. So he goes out and he hits four home runs against the Chicago Cubs. And I don't want to hear any Met fan. I don't want to hear this because this always drives me nuts, say, well, now he's hitting, it doesn't matter. It's not as if Pete Alonso flipped a switch and said, oh, they traded Verlander and Scherzer. It's time to get hot. He was getting hot before those guys were traded. And I, I think with most guys, that's a misnomer of, oh, well, that doesn't matter. That home run was meaningless. No, the guy's going to the plate. He's trying to hit freaking home runs. The guy's going to the plate. He's trying to drive runs in. And here's what I know. What I know is that Pete Alonso has 35 home runs and 87 RBIs. That's what he has, and it's August. And he missed a few weeks of the season. It's been an odd year for Pete because his average is way down, no question. But think about that. Think about the home runs and RBIs. Guy's got 35 home runs and 87 RBIs. He's on his way easily to a 4,100 season. I, I know it's weird, like, how do we define Pete Alonso's season when the year is over? And I guess we'll go back and forth on how we want to define it, because he did have a stretch in which he was horrendous. I'm not going to deny that. But at the end of the day, look at the production. 35 home runs and 87 RBIs from a guy that uh, supposedly the Mets are shopping around, which I stand by, is the stupidest thing ever. It was good to see Kodai Senga pitch very well in the opener of this series against the Cubs because, look, Kodai Seng is the Mr. Reliable. Him and Quintana are the only two guys you can write down for the rotation next year. I was cursing out Buck because when the rain starts pouring down, and it is pouring down at City Field, which was foreign to me because I'm sitting here, you know, looking at the 90-degree weather by the beach in North Carolina, and I'm looking at my tablet, and I see freaking rain in New York. It made no sense to me. I, I could not understand how Buck had Senga out to start the seventh inning. Now, normally, I'm the guy who says, let's push the starter, let's push the starter. It's Kodai Senga. It's pouring rain. His struggles in his last start was related to the dirt on his spikes, or at least that was one of the many excuses that was laid out for Kodai. 
So now, let me get this straight. You're in the seventh inning of the game. You're up seven to two. So I don't want to say the game's over, but you have yourself a pretty comfortable lead. It's pouring rain, and Sank is out there warming up for the seventh inning. Did not make any sense to me. Luckily, Buck came out, uh, caused the umpires to, like, talk over if they should stop the game. Then he goes out to pull Kodai Senga, and then finally the umpires pull everybody off the field. And then we get ourselves a two-hour rain delay, which was tremendous. It was a perfect time of night for me, selfishly, to stop watching the game, have a couple of drinks. Uh, everyone passed out. And then at, like, 11.15, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? They're going to restart this game? Okay. All right, <laughs> fine. And they actually held on and won, which was mildly surprising because it's 7-2, to having to get nine outs from the bullpen. You never know. Uh, he did go to Brooks Raley to pitch the seventh inning with a five-run lead after the rain delay restarted. He did a fine job. Um, Drew Smith, you know, I, I guess this was the okay Drew Smith game because that's when he came in and got the strikeout of Christopher Morrell. And then Jimmy Yacobonis reminded us that he still existed, in case you forgot, in case you're like, wait, Jimmy Yacobonis is on the roster now? But it was a nice win. You know, Pete Alonso hits a couple of home runs. Francisco Lindor has been red hot. Uh, it, to me, it felt good to win a baseball game especially after watching them lose six in a row to the Orioles and the Kansas City Royals. Are you with me on that, Pete? Because I know you last time on the drunk Rico. Now, maybe it was the drinking. I don't know. You were all in on, hey, let's just lose as many games as possible. When you sit there on a Monday night and you watch Pete Alonso with two home runs and Kodai Senga pitch well, there's no satisfaction in watching the Mets win a baseball game? There's a lot of satisfaction watching Pete Alonso continue to do what I love watching him do, which is hit home runs. I do enjoy Kodai Senga pitching well, but I got to be honest, I was at two out of three games this week. I was at the Tuesday and, and the Wednesday game, and with bases loaded <laughs> in ninth inning, um, and what Phil, whatever his name is, the new new pitcher that they had to go out there, yeah, I was like, you know what, if, some, if Ian Happ hits a grand slam, I'm not really going to be upset. Oh, wait, wait, okay, okay, so you hit on something that is a little bit different. 